Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about American Crossroads, People versus the Powerful, Liz Launches Losers, the Moment of Truth, Plus the Pit Summit, Fraud Deniers, for them, there's never enough proof, and 2024, Mike and Tim, are they beguiled or scheming? And of course, I'll tell you, why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm doing this show from California for a little vacation out here. And I will tell you perfectly honestly, a house full of company just left this morning and I had very little time to do my usual preparation. I will tell you when I prepare the show normally, I'm up really early at my desk with a slew of printed out articles, organization and planning and trying to make the most distinct, fact-filled, detailed show I can possibly create every day. And I don't plan them ahead of time because I don't, I want to be current. I want to be right on top of what's happening. But here we are in California and I only have a little bit of time. So I'm telling you, I'm just speaking from the heart. I want to say in this first five, I call the first five today, this American Crossroads, People versus the Powerful. Just a comment on the idea that I talk so often about how it's not really Republican versus Democrat, liberal versus conservative. It's basically those who want to preserve America and those who don't. And among those who don't are the swamp people who simply love the ruling class cabal of power they've had in Washington a long time. And there are people who want America to go over the cliff to socialism. But whoever these people are, at the end of the day, they're not people who want to preserve America. So it's really not about political party. And there are many, many Republicans sitting in office in Washington, D.C., who are perfectly happy to remain in power, to be part of the ruling class cabal. So long as they can hold on to their power, they're not really going to um, change anything or listen to the people. And this is a time, in fact, it could not be a more important time in all of American history for serious, thoughtful, conservative, informed activists to be as engaged as you can be in every aspect of the political process, be engaged in elections, be engaged in holding people accountable for facts and truth. Simply do not surrender and decide, well, you know, good enough for now. We are in truly a moment of crisis in our country where we really need to ask ourselves, is America worth fighting for? Is America worth protecting? Is America worth preserving? Because what people in Washington think is elected people, especially those who sat in office a long time, whether they have an R or a D by their name, their concept of America, their picture of America is this is a country ruled by the ruling class in Washington who understand the game, how the game is played, understand the importance of endlessly giving in to each other, getting to a consensus, giving in to the growth and power of the federal government, 
and pretending when they go back and talk to their constituents that they really stand for the people. There was a really brilliant tweet that Steve Gates put out. He is a another talk show host. I think he's a really brilliant guy. And I sent this tweet to Emilio. I believe he has it. We've had a really short fuse time. He's ready for the show today, but I believe he has this tweet. I want to ha- ask him to put it up. And I want just please read that. In fact, if I were you, um, there's you could possibly um, take a screen grab of that tweet. I think that'd be a really good idea. Take a screen grab of that tweet. And um, I think it's still up. I can't actually you can get me on the studio camera again, but his tweet says, can you put that tweet back up? Thank you. It says McConnell is telling you now what people like me have been telling you for years. And this is the important part. The GOP would rather lose to Democrats than lose control of the party to its base. I'm going to go back to that point in a moment. He goes on to say, that's what electable means. Someone they approve of. Ditch, he's calling him McConnell, uh, Democrat McConnell. So Ditch would rather have Kelly than Masters, for example. So you can come back to me now. I will tell you that that is a really, um, it's, it's a great point. It's a great way to say a point that many people have been saying over the years, which is, Many in the Washington ruling class, especially on the Republican side of the aisle, and Democrats may have their own gripes, but the Republicans have, trying to, have been trying to say, really since the era of the Tea Party, which came up during the first term of President Obama, the, the people, the grassroots on the conservative side, have been pushing people in Washington to stop giving in to the leftist agenda in this country, stop giving in to big government power in Washington, listen to the people, listen to the grassroots, and this is what gave the Tea Party its place originally, how people became attracted to the Tea Party back in the era of Obama. They had people saying, I don't really want the government bailing out car companies or insurance companies. I don't want the government bailing out industries to help, especially in that time, it was to help the Democrats' commitment to the um, anti-American left and the unions. People have been saying, you've got to listen to the people saying to their representative elected officials, and many in Washington work very hard, Mitch McConnell among them, and many other powerful Republicans, to essentially do all they could to shut down the voices of the people. We are in a, in one way to look at where we are these days um, is this idea, we're the populist versus the powerful. This is an election where the populists have been driving home the point for at least since November of 2020, in fact, many years before that, driving home the point, we want you, the elected class, to pay attention to what we're saying. We want you to build a wall. We want you to enforce the border. We want you to stop all of this crazy spending. We want you to cut back on the federal government. We want you to leave power in the hands of the people. We want you to get out of the Iranian nuclear deal and stop giving the Iranians nuclear weapons on whether it's foreign policy, whether it's tax policy, border policy, the American people, especially on the right side of the aisle, but on the patriotic side of the aisle, been saying to their elected officials, you have to listen to us. Listen to us. It was a scream. It was a scream of the Tea Party back when it got founded uh, under uh, President Obama. And as you know, it's very easy to point fingers at the IRS under uh, President Obama, who went out of their way to essentially weaponize itself against the American people to use the IRS to pummel and punish the American people, the Tea Party types, wouldn't give them their 501c3 status, etc. But really, it wasn't just Obama. It's, it's kind of fun for the uh, conservatives they run for office to blame uh, the destruction or the uh, mockery of the Tea Party on uh, President Obama. But actually, 
many, many Republicans in Washington. Mitch McConnell, who's been there, I think, since the Civil War. I don't know when. Been there forever. People like like Mitch McConnell and many others like him, and I am talking the hundreds of members of Congress and the Senate, simply have no interest at all in what the people think. They do laugh at you when they go home at night. They do laugh at you when they meet back in their little meetings behind the scenes, the caucus meetings. They don't care what the populace thinks. They don't care what their base thinks. Steve Dace has exactly right. McConnell is telling you, he's because basically McConnell is ignoring the base now. He's saying the GOP would rather lose to Democrats, meaning lose control of the House and Senate in Washington, rather than lose, rather than lose control of, of their own party to the base. The GOP would rather the Democrats be in charge than have to listen to and respond to the base. So this is the question for the patriots of today. Here we are in 2022, or whatever it is now, 82 days before the fall elections. We have the massive message sent to Washington by Liz Cheney's overwhelming defeat. Massive message sent to her. We have the massive message. I think it's now eight out of 10 of the uh, Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump or completely fraudulent basis are out. The people are speaking to Washington. The people are speaking to Mitch McConnell and he's just a figurehead person to name. The people are speaking to the elected Republicans in Washington and around this country. They're livid about the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. They're livid about the way the FBI has been politicized. The DOJ has been politicized. They're livid about the way the American people are treated by their government. They're livid about what Biden is doing. And you can barely get a Republican in Washington to stand up and cheer on the idea that Liz Cheney got defeated by in a record wipeout landslide primary, taking her out of office. And so I'm back to my question. What do you do? You're the American people. You're a patriot. You love the Constitution. You love the Declaration. You love America. You love freedom. What do you do in this era when most people in Washington, sadly, have pretty much unofficially joined the Uniparty and they're not going to listen to you? no matter what you say, what you think. And that's what I want to talk about today is what do we do as patriots when we can see that many, many in the ruling class simply have no interest at all in anything that we want them to do. We're going to turn in a second to talk about what Liz Cheney has done, but I want to say this to you. I'll remind you again of something I've said many times. People talk about America's divided. They talk about, well, America's kind of 50-50. That is not true. We're not a 50-50 country. When Liz Cheney gets wiped out by nearly 70, her opponent, GOP primary opponent, gets nearly 70% of the vote, we are not a divided country. We are not a 50-50 country. We're a country where the informed patriots are rising up, rising up, rising up, and where you have the people in Washington failing to process, failing to grasp, the seriousness of their own condition, of their own place. My argument to every single patient who loves this country is now more than ever is a time to fight, time to choose your candidate, get behind them, choose to pummel, email, call, and do it again the next day, and do it again the next day, every elected official to demand that they listen to the American people and listen to them on a whole variety of issues, the very most important of which, as I've, I've harped on many times, has to do with election fraud. Because every other issue we talk about, every other issue we go on and on about border policy, tax policy, foreign policy, every issue 
You can't do one thing about it to change Washington or change Austin or wherever your state capital is. You can't change one thing if you can't have fair elections. Everything flows from that. If the elections are, which they are, completely hackable, completely vulnerable, completely unjust, just rigged uh, to the core, you can't fix anything without fixing election fraud. And this is what has occurred to many people across this country, this populist uprising among many other points. At its core, I mean, one of the core points is the idea we simply must have free and fair elections. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. I call this one Liz Launches Losers. You know, Liz Cheney, um, I think, believed until the very end uh, of her campaign. I mean, she kind of knew she was losing, but she was, you know, st stumbling around and, and trying to, sending out mailers in Wyoming, getting trying to get Democrats to vote for her. And I want to just talk about what Liz Cheney has done now, now that she's realized that means she big, 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 big time uh, lost her primary. She's out. And by the way, folks, she announced in her um, at her speech, which I played. Uh, by the way, I got a few complaint emails from people about why we have to listen to Liz Cheney. We have. We, I wanted you to hear what she had to say and how she says it. She truly believes she's one of the noble leaders of our country, standing up for what's right. And she she sees herself as very, very, very noble. So she launched a new uh, pack, and in this pack, what she has done, she, and I. I had a clip to play about her. I decided maybe you couldn't stand anymore, Liz Cheney. But she, in her um, interview recently, she, Liz Cheney, uh, was talking about uh, what her PAC was all about. And let me just summarize it. Her PAC is all about going after everyone and anyone, everyone and anyone who would in any way support the uh, truth that election fraud changed the 2020 election. She, what she really wants, she wants to punish people even on the Republican side, who in any way gave oxygen to or defended the idea that there was massive, massive election fraud. So she announced as her, so she's launched this pack. It's, you know, basically I'm a crybaby and I hate Trump pack. I think that's what it's called. I'm a crybaby. Um, but anyway, she launched this new pack, political action committee, and she announced very openly, I want to go after Republicans who still support the idea that there was election fraud in 2020. So she mentioned two people in particular, one being Senator Ted Cruz, and the other one uh, that she mentioned by name uh, was, um, what's his name, jo Josh Hawley. And both of them, both of those U.S. senators did say uh, when they were, uh, when the issue came to Congress and the, and the Senate had to decide whether to verify the 2020 elections and that the famous meeting of January 6th, uh, both of them said some states, we should send back their electoral college votes because the legislature themselves uh, in those states are saying we have a problem. So she wants to target uh, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and she'll go after other people too, to the point that she's okay to say she would support Democrats to get rid of Republicans who have the audacity to argue about election fraud. She'd actually support the opposing party, the Democrat. And I want to mention, just please stop and think for a moment what that says about Liz Cheney. The Democrat Party today, which is not really run by Biden. I mean, Biden sits in the White House and I don't know what he does all day long. But although, by the way, he's now taken more vacation in the equivalent amount of time, as did Obama or Bush, both of whom were criticized for excess vacations. And, you know, he's off bicycling on the beach in Delaware or something. I don't know where he is. It's kind of 
doesn't make that much difference whether he's in Washington or not in Washington, because he's not really running the country anyway. The cabal running the country, as we talked about many times, uh, is former President Obama, uh, all the uh, leftist dark forces he listens to, all the globalists, the George Soros's of the world, uh, the people he uh, caballed with when he was a president himself, when Obama was in the White House. So you have Obama really running everything. This is Obama's third term. And so you have Biden, you know, just just playing the role. But what we're watching with this Liz Cheney um, launch, Liz Cheney effort, is the effort to say that it is better for America to have more Democrats in Washington, in the House, than in the Senate, and in the Senate, than if you had to have a Republican. And and what she's saying is number one, she has no appreciation for how radically left today's Democrat Party is. She'd rather have, and understand, when people get to Washington, it doesn't matter if it's an R or a D by their name, it doesn't matter at all. They vote with their party. And so if she's saying she's okay to have a Democrat take out a Republican, she's saying she's okay with the Democrats, Marxist, leftist, totalitarian, scary agenda. That's what she's saying. She's pretty good with the idea that you're gonna have people sitting in Washington with policy-making power, law-making power, who are on the side of the left, the Biden administration's agenda, which is the takedown of America. And she's okay with that. That's how, I mean, she might be borderline, like, out of her mind, because she says she's a, otherwise, we've got election fraud, she's a conservative Republican, but she's so driven by Trump hatred, so driven by the anti-Trump agenda, that to her, the idea that she can get a, somebody out there who dared to question election uh, integrity? Who dared to say, I think there was election fraud? She'd rather have them out, a Democrat in. She's okay with someone helping along the Democrats' communist agenda. Better to her, better, for, that's what she's saying. And the thing is, Liz Cheney is not, I mean, she was a novice in Congress. She hadn't been there very long, but she's not a novice as a political figure. I mean, she has been, you know, her dad was vice president. She's been in a political family for literally her, you know, decades of her life. She's a political animal. She, she is a political animal, and that's what she's calculating. What she's calculating is, we're better off getting rid of everybody in the ruling class who would agree to look into election fraud, and they're, even if they were to drive the country further left over the cliff to socialism. So she's really just, she, well, this is really kind of her election fraud as a permanent fixture of American society, PAC. She's, by forming this PAC, she's supporting election fraud. She's mocking people who want to investigate it. She's mocking people who would look into it. Now, I will tell you, I really love this idea in part. I think, not, I hope it drives both senators, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, to become more forceful in what they say and believe regarding election fraud. I really hope they do. I hope they feel pushed by her to say, Darn straight, I think there was massive election fraud. Damn straight there was, and I'm gonna speak up and talk about it because I don't want this country to go over the pits, over the cliff anywhere without, I wanna defend the creation of America, the foundation of America, which includes we the people are the sovereign and we get to have free and fair elections. She's gonna force them to take sides on that issue um, very quickly. I think they, they can't just ignore what she's saying uh, and they can't just ignore what her, um, ignore her uh, decision that or her goal of eliminating everyone who would question election from. 
But, you know, I did my uh, weekly newsletter column this week about this topic. I just want to mention it again. If you believe that America has the most secure election system, as they tried to claim at the election, most secure election in American history, you would not be bothered by all the people developing evidence to the contrary. You would have answers. You'd say, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, yeah, so-and-so said this, but here's the real truth. Here are the facts. Here are the details. That's what you would do. You would refute, you'd respond, you'd address, you would take apart the presentations regarding election fraud if you really think there wasn't election fraud. Liz Cheney has just, I mean, she's just pathetic, but she has dissolved into this, you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. I just won't say it. I won't look at it. I won't study it. I'm just going to announce it's not true. And by doing that, she is cementing her position. She's fine with election fraud and fine with its outcome and will not look at the evidence. Fortunately for America, fortunately for many people, there are literally millions in this country who do want to look and will not stop talking about it and will not shut down. And those people put on two extremely important and relevant uh, events just over the past couple of weeks. I mentioned on the show previously, uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, who was on the show, I don't know what it was, four weeks ago or something, Catherine Engelbrecht, who was the founder of True the Vote, along with Greg Phillips, put on that big display, the big day called The Pit. Um, it was a full day presentation explaining the, the additional evidence they have of election fraud that they could not include in the uh, 2000 Mules film with, uh, put on by Dinesh D'Souza, put together by Dinesh D'Souza. They, they had more and more and more evidence. They presented that. They're still presenting more. They are, they are bravely speaking up. So you have that aspect of it. Over this past weekend, we have Mike Lindell's um, Moment of Truth Summit. And I will tell you, um, first of all, I'll tell you that I was invited to that. I was, it was invitation only. I was thrilled to be invited. Could not go because we had a family gathering out here in California. Um, and we're, you know, so I, I couldn't go. But um, and I have not had a chance to listen to the clips of it, which I will do. And I'll share more of that with you over this next several weeks. The Moment of Summit Truth is now available for anyone to listen to, to download. You go to, I think it's momentoftruth.com or .org. Go there, you can listen to the whole thing. But they created, they had, they had two full days of massive evidence of election fraud. And this is what I want to get to in uh, closing out this topic. If you believe that America's future depends upon, upon free, honest, fair elections, you know, which includes having voter ID in place, which includes one person, one vote, which includes having people uh, have to show, I mean, have to show ID, prove citizenship, whatever it takes. If you really believe in election, uh, free and fair, and fair elections, you would invite and encourage the scrutiny of America's election process. You'd want to know where do we go wrong? What, what, how can we fix this? Everyone who's denying election fraud is basically saying, I won't look at it. I won't assess it. I won't tell you why this clamor about all the fraud was wrong. I just want you to believe in me and vote for me, even though I won't stand up for you in free and fair elections. That's kind of where we are. And it's a, it's a real moment of truth uh, time in America, because if the people who understand what occurred in election fraud don't speak up, the ruling class is telling you, the Mitch McConnell, Liz Cheney class is telling you, don't worry. You know, we're going to shut down these election fraud 
um, advocates, these people who speak up and explain and explore and expose election fraud, will shut them down, just like we've shut down the Tea Party and the entire American cabal, the entire ruling class cabal, will actually and their, um, their, their complaints. Quickly say before our radio listeners go off on a break, if you're listening on radio, thank you for providing radio for carrying this show. You can listen to my entire show, all past interviews and segments at americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. And at that website, you will not go off to a commercial break, which you're about to do for radio listeners. Come back in three minutes. We'll be right here talking. So I really, the, I want to start the show today talking about all of this because we really are at this time where everyone, the ruling class in Washington, literally Mitch McConnell, I mentioned Ms. Mitch McConnell, and Liz Cheney, but certainly all the Democrats, all the Democrats and most Republicans don't want to have to listen to the people, just like they didn't want to listen to the people when we had the Tea Party, uh, trying to get active, trying to speak up, trying to encourage uh, members of Congress to have bravery. Now we have the election um, integrity advocates trying to expose election fraud and what they're saying in Washington, same message back, you know, don't, please, please don't talk about that. You know, and it's mockery, ridicule, silencing, uh, and even threatening people who speak up about election fraud, speak up about election fraud. But we had two great things I'll quick to tell you about. So over the weekend, uh, the moment of truth thing happened. This was um, the Mike Lindell thing. I was gonna mention about that. I, I didn't get to listen to it. I've heard only little snippets. I'll just share with you one story. So it's very interesting. Tina Peters, who was the election clerk in Mesa County, Colorado, and she's the one who actually had an expert get inside the Dominion voting machines and take essentially pictures that they're, um, I mean, it's not just a picture like, like a screenshot, but actual uh, follow what the machines were doing. She had someone get in to the Dominion voting machines uh, to capture everything that was going on inside there. And then after Dominion voting machine folks turned up for their trusted build, I, I mean, talk about just, you know, making labels of the lies, a trusted build, you know, clean up and set up where they shifted everything. So she had a picture of that too. So she produces three forensic reports, uh, part one, two, and three. Part three has been called uh, the Rosetta Stone, exposing, meaning the thing that exposes exactly how election fraud happens inside the Dominion voting machines, uh, which election uh, experts around the country are lauding and praising because this is actual evidence and not speculation. It's not just following numbers and graphs on a chart. You know, it is actual evidence and for her uh, bravery and willingness to expose the truth, she's been indicted, as we've talked about in the show, seven felonies, three misdemeanors, and they want to prosecute her for exposing the truth to America. And this tells you, again, the just utter livid anger at the people in power in this country who do not want the American people to understand the scope of election fraud in this country. They do not want you to understand, so if someone exposes it, and instead of saying, thank you so very much, we should write you a, you know, we should write you a check and reward you, pay you for your discovery, she's being prosecuted. Well, she was supposed to speak at the uh, Moment of Truth Summit. She happens to be a friend of mine. We've been texting back and forth. Um, she was trying to get a judge to okay. So she's awaiting her charges. She's not sitting in jail, but she's awaiting this trial, this farce trial, this political trial. And she and the judge ordered a no travel. Um, issued a no, no travel order against her, which is like, she's not like a felon who's going to flee to South America and live out their life, you know, with their bank robbery 
proceeds. This is a woman who's been an elected official. She's a 66-year-old grandmother, as she often says. And he issued a no-travel order. So she asked for an exception. Could she travel and speak at this conference? And I read the judge's order rejecting her request to be able to travel to this conference, a mocking, uh, mocking her, you know, how dare she ask uh, to go speak about election fraud? That's why she's in trouble to start with, because she exposed election fraud. We can't have that. It was the most mocking and derisive uh, treatment of her. And, you know, she still appeared by video camera. So that's one little piece I'll share with you. I know that they had uh, representatives from um, each state, all 50 states, had somebody there talking about the scope and, and form of fraud that occurred in their state, how it happened, how they know. I mean, this is like this, this case of, I'm, I'm trying to even think of historic examples, that people understand exactly what's happened with the election system. They actually understand, and, and millions do, and people present it, and they, they, they try to lay it out in plain English, and more and more people get it, and the government is saying, and I'm telling you, both parties are responsible. The government is saying, please don't tell us. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to listen. People, this, this, is a, this is a time of uprising of the American people against just that, that cabal of, of, of you know, power-hungry people, both parties who say, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to perpetuate a system we know is fraudulent. We won't look at your evidence, and we might even criminalize what you have to say if you keep it up. This is what we're with the place we find ourselves in 2022. This is where we find ourselves. The people know, frankly, most of the people in government know. They know exactly what happens, but it's not uh, it's not politically expedient. It's not it's just not okay with them to have the American people the pop, the populist, the American people speak up and demand changes. They got where they are. Every elected official in this country got where they are under this system that is fraudulent. They have no interest in fixing it. They will only fix it with massive, massive pressure from the people. So the moment of truth summit, I'm gonna try to listen. It was a, you know two days. I'm gonna try to hone down some of it and, and present little snippets for you tomorrow. Um, I know that Catherine Engelbrecht and her team are putting more information out all the time. I mean, this is like the evidence is rising. And the question is, how much pressure and what form of pressure will it take to make the American government listen? Okay, I want to hit one more thing. That it's actually really big. Uh, before I do that, I want to turn quickly talk about our summit. So Mr. Emilio, my producer uh, in Dallas, I believe is there. Um, and I think he has um, a flyer I can quick show you about our summit. Uh, and one reason I want to do that right now is that Tina Peters agreed to speak at our summit. And my summit is Women for Freedom Summit. It's in Dallas. It's third annual. I don't know, Amelia, if you have that flyer, he's looking for it. Okay. So it is uh, the America Can We Talk Women for Freedom third annual summit. We have an extraordinary lineup of great, 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 great speakers. One of them being Tina Peters, um, who uh, told me after she's realizing she really is going to be prevented from traveling, or at least was at this point, um, that she is going to be appearing. She'll appear via a video conference and present to us. We have Sidney Powell coming, talking about the state of rule of law in America. We have experts on China. Uh, I guess we're not finding that. Um, okay, fine. We don't have that summit flyer. I'll show you tomorrow. But I do want you to mark the date on your calendar. Save the date, October 15th. October 15th, 2022. Save the date. It is your um, your chance to come to Dallas. We have last year we had people from West Coast, East Coast, all around America. You'll love it. it the, the information and the tickets are available at our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. AmericaCanWeTalk.org. At that website, 
uh, you can buy tickets. There we go. Got the flyer. Okay. So you can uh, buy tickets. You can become a sponsor and learn more about it. Our speakers, you can see we have great speakers on a wide array, array of issues. Uh, climate change, fossil fuels, uh, the woke supremacy, national security. We have uh, the expert of experts, Gordon Chang on China. Uh, we have Matt Lohmeyer, who is the former uh, commander of the Space Force, uh, who was forced out after he wrote a book exposing Marxism taking over America. We have the very, very brilliant Kevin Freeman, who is the, um, the host of Economic War Room, explaining uh, the danger of all the digital currency challenges and ESG and BlackRock. I mean, we're just going to add Frank Gaffney, just an extraordinary national security expert, uh, Reggie Littlejohn, an amazing a woman a speaker for uh, she became an expert about China trying to fight forced abortion there and now she's on a mission of trying to help America understand the danger of the vaccine passports. Uh, Dr. Richard Bartlett, a just great friend of mine, great friend of the program, really the first person doctor in America who spoke up to talk about the many effective treatments there were for COVID that didn't require waiting for the vaccine. His was inhaled be destined. We just have a fellow list of, of um, some uh, people who are speaking at the summit. October 15th in Dallas. Tickets are at americachemitalk.org. Okay, well, the last thing I want to hit on today, though, and this has to do with uh, the presidential election of 2024. And, but it ties into what I've been trying to talk about today and what I care so much about today. Number one is when I say that America is at a crossroads, I know I mean, I've been politically active for a long, long time. I've worked on people's campaigns. I have, I, I have worked in many organizations supporting campaigns. And I know that every single election, like I can recall my adult life, as presidential elections got close, there was always the language, we're at a crossroads in this country. This is the most important election you will ever vote in. And you know what? I'm not going to argue historically whether that was true because it felt true at the times people said it. This is the most important election uh, voters have ever faced. I understand that people say those things and, and they meant them. But I am telling you and I beg you to consider that this election, the fall election of 2022 and the presidential in 2024 truly are the most consequential elections in American history because they're all about the idea of whether or not we're going to let this monolithic, massive, uniparty mob that represents a ruling class in Washington continue to steamroll over us, or are we the people going to stand up? Now, I tell you, you see polls saying in 2022, well, you know, people aren't happy with Biden, so it looks like Republicans might take the House, might take the Senate. And then you're seeing headlines, well, not so fast. Looks like people don't really like, I mean, I mean so the, the pollsters will try to sway you into thinking it's going one way, then the other, maybe it's close. Please believe me, if the American people, the patriots who understand what the left is doing to this country, taking down America, a wrecking operation against this country, and they understand a smidgen of the evidence of election fraud, there is not any chance that the Republicans will lose. Or put the other way, there's no chance the Democrat Party will, will get a majority, will, will retain a majority, or win in 2022, keeping the Senate in the House, and certainly no chance that the Democrat Party can win the presidential race in 2024. If the truth can prevail, and if the American people rise up, because the American people do not want the Biden agenda. 
but we're in for if you think that the media and the left has been contorting and and mocking conservative concerns up till now they're on lightning speed they, they are on they, they are just going to do everything they can in the next few months to make the american people feel foolish and and ridiculed and mocked and just crazy if they are still upset about election fraud if they're still concerned about the border we are going to be entering an era of just unprecedented vile mockery by the media by the left in this country so sorry this is what happens around vacation we have we're not totally together we're in their studio mode anyway i really do want to urge you to think about where we are in this country and then stop and, and what and i want to focus now for a few minutes on the fbi before i turn to playing two clips for you one is mike pence he who would be president mike pence the other one is senator tim scott another guy who wants to be president but i want to turn to just a minute about the raid on the fbi by the fbi on mar-a-lago number one it is staggering to think about just step back from mar-a-lago staggering to think about what the fbi has done in the two years they had uh, excuse me in the four years under president trump just think how the fbi conducted itself you had it finally came out clear evidence that the entire trump russia collusion hoax was a campaign smear job cooked up by hillary clinton name me one fbi officer of the hundreds that were involved in the invest the Mueller investigation the trump russia collusion investigation though that fbi hundreds of agents involved tracking down witnesses to nothing finding at the end as you know Mueller finally had to say on national television there's no evidence of any kind of trump russia collusion hoax or even attempted uh, trump russia collusion none there it was entirely cooked up by hillary clinton and all that time all those employees of the fbi no one says a word no one says a word just think about that i mean if you worked for a corporation if you're a lawyer in a law firm if you were a, an individual in any other aspect of life and your entire organization was involved in a massive fraud and in this case the fbi a massive fraud against the president of the united states against the overwhelming majority of americans who voted for that president and you spent four years mocking ridiculing making up stuff investigating a non-existent crime a cooked up hoax and no one says a word that's corruption to the core of the fbi whether or not it was just the very high level officials or the upper echelons who really truly couldn't stand trump and would do anything to take him down which was true of everybody within the fbi at the higher levels but it filters down where are all the whistleblowers who should have spoken up during that time so you had trump russia collusion non-existent no collusion big hoax no one speaks up and then you have the fbi perfectly willing to allow the entire antifa black lives matter destruction of america in cities across the country plenty of federal crimes that could have been prosecuted and pretty much nothing because that those riots the antifa the black lives matter they help the democrat party they are done by the democrat party base and then you had by the way in case you missed it 
Catherine Engelbach, among many other things they brought out, and as Gordon Chang has brought out on my show, and Trevor Loudon brought out on my show, the entire Black Lives Matter movement is funded by the Chinese Communist Party, friends of, of Joe Biden, friends of the American left. That's who funds Black Lives Matter. FBI couldn't even think of a reason to uh, investigate. Couldn't even think of one. Then you have January 6th, where, which was the best line in the entire uh, Dinesh D'Souza film, 2000 Mules, when he described what happened on January 6th was the primal scream of the American people. The primal scream of the American people saying to Washington, you have to look at the evidence of election fraud. You have to look at it. You can't ignore it. You have to look at it. And Washington, Liz Cheney, Mitch McConnell, a whole bunch of other, you know, fingers in their air and heads in the sand Republicans wouldn't look. And this is what really led to January 6th being so emotional for people because the evidence then was huge. The evidence now is overwhelming. It's dispositive. It is, you can't ignore it. And yet you can't get these people to listen. So back to the FBI, the FBI can't think of a reason, barely any reason, to look into communist-funded Black Lives Matter or Antifa, but they can look into, you know, two sisters who showed up as one example on the Capitol grounds, didn't even get in the White House, excuse me, didn't get in the Capitol, and they, they, along with numerous other people in Washington, had their front doors broken down by the FBI. Same with Dr. Simone Gold. Front door broken down by the FBI, bashed in, middle of the night, scare the daylights out of people, arrest them for being in the Capitol. Didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody, didn't hit anybody, didn't steal anything. They just went into the people's house, to the rotunda, and they wanted to read their little speech as Simone Gold did. So this FBI, who, I mean, literally, they're still on the warpath, tracking down every single person who entered Washington on January 6th. I know people, they've come and questioned them in their homes saying, you know, looks like from your airline uh, records that you were in Washington, where were you, what'd you do that day? They have no end to their determination to track down, hunt, threaten, intimidate, frighten the daylights out of American citizens for being in Washington January 6th and scaring the daylights out of them. And then of course, FBI investigates, DOJ prosecutes. They're on, a, they're on a DOJ prosecution witch hunt against everyone in Washington. That FBI couldn't think of a reason to look into answer the Black Lives Matter, but goes after Trump over the non-existent Russia issue for years, two and a half years, be precise, goes after all the January 6 people. That FBI shows up at Mar-a-Lago to search for National Archive documents he may have taken. I mean, all of the, I told you already, uh, back in the era of Obama, he basically announced ahead of time, I'm not giving you the documents, and walked off with a bunch of documents, as did George W. Bush had a lot of documents. Uh, Trump's team was actually coordinating with the FBI. They were, let, they were the National Archives people. They were talking to them. They're shipping documents back. There was no reason for that raid, except back to the, primal point I'm making the show over and over and over today. There's a ruling class cabal that simply hates the idea of letting the American people be heard, letting the populist voice of the American people stand up. And Donald Trump represents that populist voice. Donald Trump stood up for the American people against the ruling class cabal in Washington on issue after issue after issue. 
And this is why he enrages the left, because he stands with the people and he doesn't care. He enrages the ruling class, really, of both parties, because he does not kowtow and is not subservient to their agenda and their mission. He stands up for the people. This drives them nuts. So now let's turn and talk about who wants to run for president in 2024. Clearly, Mike Pence. I sent Mr. Muley, I sent you a little clip of Mike Pence speaking recently about the FBI. Well, let's quick play that. The Republican Party is the party of law and order. Our party stands with the men and women who serve on the thin blue line at the federal and state and local level. And these attacks on the FBI must stop. Calls to defund the FBI are just as wrong as calls to defund the police. The truth of the matter is, we need to get to the bottom of what happened. We need to let the facts play out. But more than anything else, the American people need to be reassured in the integrity of our justice system and the very appearance of a recurrence of politics playing a role in decisions that the Justice Department demands. Hey, Emilio, let's cut him off. Emilio, let's cut him off. I will tell you, he goes on on to say, he ends up, Mike Pence, who wants to be president, goes on to say in this clip that, you know, we really, really can't have the, um, uh, the talk about defund the FBI. I mean, that's like de defunding the police. What Mike Pence is saying, there's only two choices, two ways to hear what he's saying. Either he's perfectly fine with the longstanding, utter moral rot that is the FBI that allowed the FBI to do everything it did to the uh, Trump administration, that allowed the FBI to ignore the uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, allows the FBI to break down people's door in the middle of the night because they stood on the Capitol grounds on January 6th. And he's trying to say, trying to make the analogy, well, you know, there's just a few bad apples at the top. His basic message was, there's a few bad apples at the top, but you know, we can't be taught. There's a lot of great people, men and women in this country. Okay, Mike Pence, is either perfectly fine with the ruling class cabal that has benefited from the FBI's utter moral rot, or else he's not bright enough to recognize it. He actually thinks that's a good analogy, that somehow if you want to, and what does need to happen to the FBI, it truly does need to be to the ground, not a physical fire, burn to the ground. Everybody out, all, everybody out, every level and start over. We, can, we are better off as a country living without the FBI at all than living with the corrupt FBI that is and trying to figure out who within that corrupt uh, entity is, is maybe okay. By the way, uh, Jim Jordan said he's now had 14 whistleblowers from the FBI come forward that want to talk about the FBI. Keep in mind, that's 14 whistleblowers out of something like 35,000 FBI agents. Not, not very good numbers, not that impressive. It's not like the agency's brimming with people with character who can't wait to speak up. It's corrupt to the core. And Mike Pence can't figure that out or else doesn't want to figure that out. He's kind of okay with the way they operate. Either way, he's telling you he's not bright enough. He's not discerning enough. He doesn't recognize enough the danger the FBI poses to America's future. Other quick clip was from Senator Tim Scott. Again, he was questioned. This is the day after Mar-a-Lago raid. The good news is I get to answer the question how I see that question. <laughs> yeah. But the truth is that he is, without any question, the most powerful voice in, in all of politics. And that's why so many people, left and right, continue to focus 
on President Trump. Yeah, witch hunt. Well, we've had the we've had the FBI before, uh, the Judiciary Committee, just in the last two weeks, trying to figure out why they do what they do. And there's been lots of questions before this raid about whether or not the FBI is doing their job apolitical. And we don't know the answer to that question yet. This is probably gonna, about the FBI. This is going to raise more questions, in my opinion. We need to let this play out and see exactly what happens. But we should all have been stunned and surprised and shocked at what happened yesterday. The real question is, A, what is the Federal, Federal uh, Records Act? And, and B, what are we talking about? It, it, ha it has to be something of incredible magnitude yeah. for at least my side of the aisle to say that was, that was warranted. With, without that, I think we're going to find ourselves in a very big mess yeah. as it relates to the credibility of the FBI. Well, so you don't have any concern that they're going to find anything at the Mar-a-Lago? Well, I think we should really, as, as opposed to rushing the judgment, the most important thing that we can do is let it play out because I, I have right. no idea what they will. Okay, yeah. stop him too. His answer is let it play out. I, you know, back to my theme of the day and as I have to wrap up the show, I really want to urge you to think about where we are and who actually is following, who's on top of, who's recognized what's happening and who is either too dense or too uninterested or too corrupt to see it. The American people can see the massive corruption in our elections. We have a, a tiny handful of people in Washington who can see it, who will do anything about it. They're really okay with it. The American people can see the corruption of the FBI, not just one FBI officer got a little out of line here, or one particular case was kind of out of line. This is the FBI to a person, to its core, corrupted, committed more to following the leads of the political winds or the leads of their political leaders, the leanings of their leaders that tell them, do this, don't do that, we're going after this, and don't have instilled in their core the concept of America as we the people, America with constitutional governance, America with the rule of law, America with the idea that they have to honor the entire structure of government and the rule of law and not just simply follow up on orders for the next witch hunt unleashed on the American people or unleashed on the enemies of the uh, those in power. By the way, we're gonna wrap it up here. I'm almost out of time, but one quick thing about FBI and Mar-a-Lago. I want to tell you that one story that's emerging makes a lot of sense to me because a lot of people say, okay, so we all know it wasn't really about the archives documents. So what was it? What were they looking for? Well, now Newsweek, which is usually not a friend of conservatives or Trump, but Newsweek actually has a report out um, that the FBI was there because they knew that Trump held on to documents all the way back to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax which he has ready to expose to the American people, to show the American people, and the FBI was there essentially a CYA agenda, cover themselves, cover others, cover the left in power by trying to find whatever Trump may have held on to, which actually would solve, would serve to absolve him of all, of all wrongdoing, and actually not only to absolve him, but to make clearer for the American people how wrong the entire Trump-Russia collusion investigation was. There were the basic idea, Trump thought he had documents that might exonerate him from any remaining concerns about Trump-Russia collusion or any other absurd and baseless accusation the FBI had. The FBI apparently was wanting to deprive him of the ability to defend himself as they set him up. And I'll tell you this in closing the show today. I said it last week, I'll say it again. I truly believe if 
the FBI has any capacity at all, if the DOJ can come up with any reason whatsoever to indict President Trump, they will do it. And I'm sure that both political parties, I'm sure the Democrats are stewing about this. I'm sure the DOJ is thinking about it. I mean, do we dare indict a former president? And I say that because these people see him, President Trump, the leader of the people, the leader of the populace, the person who will stand up for America, unlike any past president has done, they see him as the biggest threat to their continued power. People in Washington who love being the ruling class cabal, love being in charge of the country, love pretending to listen to the people, but they don't listen to the people. They see Trump as the biggest danger. They want him to never serve in office again more than anything else. They want him out. So the idea that the FBI would go into Mar-a-Lago under an idiotic pretext of uh, archive documents, which you know they litigated with o- Obama over, Obama left with documents that he was supposed to leave. You know, none of that mattered. But Trump may have documents, and that was the that was a pretext. And this explanation makes much more sense than anything else, which is that Trump had things that the FBI knew, the FBI knew could make them look bad, could make the ruling cabal look bad, make 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 it more obvious that Trump really was standing up what was right, and could prove the wrongdoing of many people in Washington D.C. Uh, this this appears to be the most likely thing. You notice how quickly, by the way, the um, well, Trump had nuclear codes absurdity uh, dropped out of the news because everyone quickly realized, wait a minute, you know, he's president. Of course, he had nuclear codes for four years. Of course he did. And the codes are changed all the time. So therefore, um, you know, we're not worried about, um, um, uh, okay, so this is my, this is what happens in California. My producer is texting me to tell me that that's very helpful. Okay. So anyway, friends, um, I will tell you that I, um, I love doing a show from here. I'm going to do two shows. I have two shows this week, uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, where we have a guest joining us. Tomorrow, I have these great people, this uh, husband and wife team, who uh, do the Flyover Conservatives uh, podcast. Flyover Conservatives, they are really fun, really smart. They're joining me tomorrow to talk about podcasting. Then a guy named Jeremy Adams, um, who wrote a great book. He's a school teacher here in California. Um, and he did a, uh, wrote a book essentially, uh, it's called Hollowed Out, is basically talking about how kids going to school these days when they are just learning off of um, iPads and, and learning electronically and interacting with machines all day, um, they're kind of hollowing out their whole self or their ability to connect with others, to interact with others, to have intelligent debate of ideas, all the things you want kids to do. So he is joining me on Wednesday. Um, and so, and then we have a Thursday show coming and then and that will be our shows for this week. So I want to thank especially our listeners who um, write me really nice notes. I appreciate that. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. I don't have time to read all of them. I'll quickly make a plug and say that our Wednesday shows, beginning at 3.30 every Wednesday, I do the you know, a Q&A Wednesday. If you send me a question, I will answer. I have some piled up from last week, but if you want to send me a question on any topic, what I think about X, I will happily read them to you and tell you what I think about any topic. You know, this is, to me, I kind of live and breathe, and I don't even like the word politics. I live and breathe thinking about saving this country. I read a lot. I, it's a very hard thing every single week to a day to decide which topics to talk about. Um, so I love questions and saying, hey, you've never mentioned blah, blah, blah. 
I'll be happy to tell you uh, what I think for a Q&A Wednesday. So you can email me again at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. And I will spend the second half of the Wednesday show answering your questions. Love doing that. And I love talking to you every day about saving America. So at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today uh, talking about the um, American crossroads, people versus the powerful. And I do, I, I truly can't tell you how important I think this concept is. The RNC and the DNC are increasingly recognized as private clubs who control the people, not grassroots political organizations reflecting the people, which they're supposed to be. Funded by money, global interests, out of touch with core American patriotism, impervious to the needs of everyday people, impervious to the gut level instincts of the American people on law and order, right and wrong. McConnell, McCarthy are apprehensive that the red wave will take them out. Yes, they are very apprehensive about that. Steve Bannon, oh yeah, at the moment of Truth Summit, uh, floated um, MTG, Steve, who are them? Marjorie Taylor Greene as speaker if GOP takes the House. Honestly, they should let her have it. Uh, now to November midterms, expect extreme internal infighting in the GOP and expect extreme mockery of every conservative issue, most especially on election fraud. On Liz launches losers, Liz Cheney launches a pact to defeat GOP election deniers like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley. The pit on August 13th and 14th and the Moment of Truth Summit on August 20th and 21st have put evidence proof of election fraud into the public domain on a massive, nonpartisan, irrefutable scale. The voting machines must go. Single most important message, voting machines must go. Taking on Cruz and Hawley as election deniers will only force them to respond that with all the new evidence developed since January 6th, they will not respond softly. In the wake of the pit and the moment of true summit, Cheney is hastening a broader, more national wake up to the reality of election rigging that she will never be able to undo. And finally, we talked about the moment of truth plus the pit where fraud deniers never enough proof. The pit and the moment of truth have flipped the script. Okay, sorry, I gotta, um, yeah, flipped the script. <clears throat> Uh, not about election deniers, just about election fraud deniers. Left has performed legal and wordsmithing gymnastics to conclude that mountains of election fraud evidence can never constitute proof of a changed outcome. But the mountains of evidence are becoming too large, immovable, and they correlate with the obvious conclusion on November 3rd, 2020, five swing states don't stop counting votes at the same time with Trump ahead and then flip to Biden the next day, unless the fix was in. There is no such thing as a land of the free and a home of the brave without honest elections, getting without honest elections, getting rid of voting machines is critical to restoring America. And then Mike and Tim, are they beguiled or scheming? I think to answer my own question, Mike Pence is scheming and Tim Scott is beguiled. He just doesn't discern what's happening. That's my view. Former Vice President Mike Pence and Senator Tim Scott sounding the themes of Wait and see about the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. Don't criticize the FBI. That's like saying too much like defunding the police. Feels like marching orders and bullet points from the GOP wing of the Uniparty. Americans discussed with the FBI did not start with the Mar-a-Lago raid. Hillary exoneration was ridiculous. Hyper-partisan political justice. Russia collusion was fabricated by the FBI after Hillary Clinton thought it up. Uh, Mueller report, Mueller report was a farce to cover up for the FBI. And actually, that's the important point. The Mueller investigation was all about investigation to cover up the FBI's role in what happened. 
stand down about Black Lives Matter and Antifa was indefensible. Epstein cover up another one, inexcusable. Show arrests of Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, and others are way over the top political. Pence, Scott, conference, and the Uniparty will be put to the test in 2022, and it will fail. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear?